Before we begin today's episode, just want to give a quick heads up that there are several mentions of rape during this episode. If this is a topic that is tough for you, I would suggest possibly skipping this episode. If you are a victim of sexual assault and you are in the United States, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673. Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I'm Lauren. I have seen CSI through and through about three to four times. And I'm Nick, and I'm experiencing these episodes for the first time. And today we are reviewing season one, episode six, titled Who Are You? Director is Danny Cannon. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker, Carol Mendelson, and Josh Berman. Original air date, November 10th, 2000. And we start off with the strip with this trip and then we intersperse some residential some residential themes into it so we have a we have a little bit of a mixture on today's intro to the episode and that's some like legit vegas suburb i think yeah when they get really close to the house it looks a lot more like california but like some of the the helicopter style shots today they shoot that with a drone but i'm sure back then it was all helicopter helicopter, and yeah i was like because i there are certain highways and stuff. I've been out into Vegas. We've been out there enough times and rented cars and gone around places. And it really, I was like, hey, no, no, that's basically exactly what it looks like. Yes. Yes. So we then moved to a shot of a plumbing van, Pete's Plumbing. And the plumber is underneath the house. He's trying to find the leak. The owner of the home is very insistent and getting annoyed that it's taking a while. And then he, quote unquote, finds something which looks like the fingers the desiccated fingers of a human hand sticking out of like the wall or like a wall area of this like undercarriage of the house you know we don't really see these characters again but i really i really feel for this plumber it's clearly like 5 30 6 o'clock Yes, because it's Maybe dark. Maybe even later, right? Sun's yep. going down. Yep. You know, and we're entering the graveyard shift because we've got our CSI graveyard shifters coming mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. This guy it could not have been under the crawl space for like five minutes. And this lady is like, have you found anything yet? Have you found anything yet? I, it's like, it's not like she's like water blowing under her ass. She's just a leak. And I was like, this poor plumber guy. And then he finds a human hand. That's not cool. And he seems not phased, which makes me feel like he has seen some things. This plumber has seen some things. When, like, the human hand, he's like, oh, yeah, I found something. He's probably been in a lot of crawl spaces. <laughs> he's been in a lot of he crawl spaces. Used, he probably just assumed at first it was just, like, a raccoon. Probably a lot of, I don't know, they're raccoons in Vegas, but whatever they have, gophers or right, rattlesnakes. Because, because in the next scene, we see that Grissom and Nick have arrived at the scene. Grissom following in the plumber's footsteps goes underneath the house and he's the one that confirms that it is in fact human remains he sees like phalanges yep. fingers and confirms that it's human and then he does this like weird analogy they start like kind of tapping away at the concrete and nick is also annoyed that it's going to take too long essentially yep. there's a lot of like impatience at the very beginning of this episode and grissom explains that the body in the concrete there's an air pocket around the body and basically a chipping away at it. It's like a jar of pickles. You just need to... Oh, yeah. And then, like, womp, womp, body. I have I have a lot of problems with this scene because I'm really into, like, YouTube about, like, building homes. Yes. And, like, home construction. And waterfalls. Yeah, yeah. And in the process of building my waterfall as we speak. Oh, so but I just was like, you know what? Sure, whatever. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, there's an air pocket. But there's, like, a hand sticking out. Like, all the gas could easily escape wherever that hand was. Yeah, that hand was. And, like, the, they showed, like, the hand, like, the... I had this weird... I So, in my normal predictions, I'm always, like, hyper-analyzing these things now, Yes, right? you are. Because I want to make a prediction. And I was like, oh, this body must have been dead for a long time. Because the concrete goes right to the bone. So, it was already a skeleton when they buried it into the concrete. Mm, mm. And that was, like, I had that premise for almost the entire episode. <laughs> That's actually true. They kind of talk about when they identify the body. They talk about it. like up front. I was like, oh, okay, so this is gonna be a person they killed, and they must have like dug the body up and then rehid them. I, maybe I was triggered by the uh, 
the mortuary guy who was digging up bodies. Oh yeah, um, yeah maybe maybe that. this would be a great continuation of that plot line where it just turns out it's that guy and he's like sticking it in the wet concrete of foundations. Uh, the other thing that's like really weird is when they pour concrete and it's wet, they use like forms, like wooden forms usually to like hold it yes. up because otherwise it would just spill out all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. So there's like this hand sticking out of what would have, but it's just television. You wouldn't have, you got to have the shot, right? The plumber's yes. got to find something at the scene. And I was like, you know what? I've learned that I just have to be okay with the first five minutes of every episode. Yes. And, and it's just like when anything else when it comes to tv if you know too much about it the writers they're always just like coloring outside the lines just a little just a and little. that's that's part of the tv magic and when it happens to something that i don't know about i'm always like oh that's cool <laughs> so it's for everyone else yes yes it is and we we go to credits and then we move to grissom giving out jobs to everyone so he says that you know him and nick will take the the bone scene Sarah and Warwick get a officer-involved shooting, and then Catherine is wondering what's left for her, and Grissom tells her about the case involving a rape victim. The rape victim is an exotic dancer, but there's a conflict of interest, and Catherine immediately is like, oh, because I used to be an exotic dancer, I can't investigate the, the rape of an exotic dancer, and Grissom burying the lead is like, no, that's not the problem. The problem is that the suspect is your ex-husband. Bum, bum, bum. I mean, but, he but, led her right to... Like, I know. That, what else were you insinuating, Grissom? Right. And then, and I wrote in my notes, WTF, Grissom. Catherine asks to do the prelim, and he agrees. He agrees. Yeah. This should have been also, an immediate shutdown No. An immediate, you don't go anywhere near this case. This case has nothing to do with, like, you cannot be involved. You can't touch anything to do with this. And Grissom is like, yeah, I guess you doing the prelim is okay. I guess that's fine. Also, he just had his whole team there. He could have been like... Sarah, take it. Well, more importantly, importantly, you take this officer-involved shooting case. Right. Right? And then hand off this case to someone else. Because I have another case that would be a conflict of interest for you. Yes. Right? And then they'd be like, you know, but like he, it's like, how how am I to believe anything other than this is what Grissom really wanted, you know? Right. Grissom, right. Grissom's devious. That's what, yes. that's what and I've learned. He's a, he's a bit of a supervillain. Yeah. He's, he's a little bit of a chaotic evil. Chaotic, chaotic, chaotic neutral. Chaotic good. Chaotic he's a good, good person. He is a good person. Sometimes he just likes to, just, just likes, likes to dice it up. Dice it up. Yeah. So we cut on over to Catherine looking at Eddie through the glass, right? Through the investigator glass. And then she goes in. They have a conversation. Eddie denies raping the quote-unquote, I had to put this in quotes, quote-unquote girl. That really bothered me. This is obviously a woman. Mm -hmm. Please do not refer to her as a girl. That really rubbed me the wrong way. And then he tries to guilt trip Catherine when she won't get him a lawyer and she's kind of like not really buying into helping him out where he says, well, what about Lindsay? She's going to have to visit me behind bars versus me taking her to the mall. I wrote this guy super manipulative. I assume we have we're going to see a lot of him. We're going to see more of him. Yes. Yes. We cut on over then to Grissom and Nick looking at the skeleton that they found under the house. And Grissom notes that the pelvic bones indicate that it's a female. I just finished reading a book from a forensic anthropologist or forensic scientist. Not She does do some anthropological work, but that's not her mainstay. And she mentioned that it's way harder to tell the gender of a skeleton than these shows say it is. She says it's immensely more difficult to tell the gender of a skeleton can't, can't, can't you just count the ribs yes I just count the ribs. If one's missing you know and then they realize that the 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 woman has been stabbed at least a dozen times with an instrument that is slightly curved with serrated edges and then this is where we get the title of the episode where grissom kind of leans in and is like who are you yeah i have a early prediction here by the way oh okay because he wow, tells his, this is like I think this is earliest prediction. I think. Yeah. Well, he describes in a lot of detail this what this weapon would have to look like. Yes. And then he says the most ridiculous thing ever, like an alligator jaw. And I was like, that's not what alligator jaws look like. <laughs> they're, I think, they're I flat. Thought he said sh- I thought he straight. said shark. Did he? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. But I first I started thinking about like sickles again. 
massive Dungeons and Dragons fan. Yeah. The, the curved weapons of a sickle. Mm-hmm. And then I, I just had this idea pop in my head. I went, oh, it's going to be a climbing pick because they have exactly that shape. And I wrote it down and I didn't like really put like the big star. I just wrote climbing pick question mark. And then like a moment later, I just wrote prediction question mark because I was like, does this count? Is this really a prediction? Because I don't know who like they could just tell you it was a climbing pick in the next scene. Yeah, but that wouldn't really help but you they like, don't. know who... But they don't no, they tell do you. Not. It becomes a big deal later on in the episode. Yeah. So then I went back and I underlined it like three times. You're like, and like, you're I like called hey, it. look it. I called look. it. So spoiler alert. Spo- she gets killed spoiler, by spoiler <laughs> She gets alert. killed by a climbing pick. For the episode that was released in 2000. And then I got really confused when they started talking about... I thought I was wrong because they started talking later on. You find out they're, she's into scuba or something. Yes, um, and I was like, I was like, oh, yes. maybe it'll be a harpoon or something. Then I, I just gave up all faith in myself, and I was so you excited. In yourself, I was man. so excited when he was like, "What's yourself. the weapon?" And I literally said to the screen, "It's gonna be a climbing pick." Look at all the sports this guy's into. And the, yeah, so we'll get there eventually. We yeah. will get there. We will get that there. That was a that was an early prediction. I have other semi early predictions. Oh, okay. They are not as good. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Not as good. We hop on over to Sarah and Warwick on there, arriving at their scene. Uh, Jim Brass is there with an officer. We see an initial reenactment, which is coming from the view of the officer. And he claims that he never fired his weapon. And I had to note down that Sarah, without any gloves on, just grabs the gun from the Jeep. Yep. Just just reach, no gloves, no nothing, just grabs the gun from the jeep there's there's what a few are, what fast and loose are we with not... the gloves yeah, i'm like what is happening these first here? episodes yeah. it's not the first time yeah i had to listen to the name of that officer like seven times to figure out what the... tyner tyner yeah tyner and i wrote I... it at the top of my page to to because i also i can't remember at what point i was like oh i think it's tyner and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna write this at the top of the page to remind myself that yeah. that's what his name is I, I actually looked it up later when we have a spot the guest star later Ooh. Um, and and so i was like while i'm on the wiki while i'm on the imd page, D page confirming my suspicion actually i have a funny story where i thought i spotted the guest star and then i w- then i looked at it and i was like oh no that's that guy and then i was like wait but i do know this guy from somewhere and I was like, it was like, and like two scenes later, I was like, oh, right, it's from that show. But yeah, I would write down his name a bunch of times. And all I could think is like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if this was one of the douche cops from the Warwick Brown of the Judge scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What, think of the complexity that could add to him, like, going after them, chasing them down. Yeah, and then it right? being, and then coming full circle, and he has to investigate the same officers yeah. that, like, tried to who arrest are, him or, outside of the yeah, judge's or, house. Yeah, or prejudging him, and now he's yep. prejudging them. Like, ah, oh, they, I mean, I knew that was, I realized, I think that was the pilot, so who knows where that actor is, he's, you know, at this point in the filming right, right. process, but that would have been... Like chef's kiss. I was like, oh, is this, I was like, is this one of the things? And then I, then I was like, nope, it's You're not. You're like, nope, not, not I was happening. like, again, again, they should uh, travel the future and ask me for my advice. They really should. I would be a really good additional writer for this show. I agree. We have a really short scene with Grissom with a casting, like a section of the slab. And then we go back to. Where, where did this section of the slab that broke open like a jar of pickles come from? I don't know. That's, <laughs> they don't really <laughs> answer that question. Yeah. They just also, brought like, it back to the lab. That's yeah, that's all we know is that somehow it magically made its way back to the lab. And then Warwick and Sarah are in an evidence cage. And they, in examining the officer's weapon, realize that a bullet is missing mm-hmm. from his weapon. And they kind of have a conversation about how pissing off the PD could lead to war. And then this is... <laughs> I feel like this whole scene was so strange. So then we go to Grissom in his office. He's holding a spider because he's mm-hmm. the bug guy, right? So he's holding a tarantula. Yeah, they really are playing. They've been playing up the bug thing again. They really been playing up the bug thing again. They're like, just so you know, Grissom is a bug guy. So he's holding a tarantula. A blonde woman walks in and knows the species of spider. And Grissom yeah. immediately has this like, ooh, yeah, like liking your vibe, blonde lady. Gail Grissom. Or should I call you Spider-Man? It's harmless. Of course it is. Orange need tarantula. Nice specimen. The tarantula's touch is very gentle. It leaves no prints. They move without a trace. 
May I? And we find out that her name is Terry Miller and that Grissom has called her in because he needs her to make him a face. Yep. And we assume it is for the skeleton. So we move on over to Warg and Sarah in the interrogation room with Tyner. He is still denying that he killed the victim. And he explains that the bullet is missing because he doesn't top off his cartridge. That's probably not the right word. Gun, gun aficionado is going to be like, what? you don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't. I've only fired guns like twice Magazine in my life. Magazine is often the term. Yes, there use. we go. Yeah. Magazine is the way to go. Thank you. I've only fired guns like twice. I'm a very good shot. I just have not done it often. And I did not load or unload the the uh, gun that I used. So. I, I also have a gun. Well, I have a, a occasionally I watch a gun YouTube called Demolition Ranch, but that's only because I first started watching his vlog series called Off the Ranch. Okay. Where he renovated an abandoned mansion. Oh, and then I found you which I found from my building guy who went yes. out there to help him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, so but I've I've since learned that after like ten videos they're all the same and I can't yeah, there has to be something funny, funny. Like how many, how many Legos does it take to stop a bullet? Is the kind yeah. of yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I'm willing to watch. So Jim Brass ends up coming in. We realize that he is Tyner's union rep, and Jim Brass lets the CSIs know that you know they need to go find that missing bullet. You can't like, great, he's missing a bullet from the magazine, but you need to to find the missing bullet. So the we go. Disappointed oh. me later. I believe this is the scene where they have a there's a little bit, a little bit of head butting. Yes. I think Grissom is there too. No, 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 no. That's later. This is just, yeah, this is just Warwick and Sarah. Well, that scene, I disappointed myself. Okay. So, not making a prediction. Grissom and Terry are, you know, we learn that she is a top forensic artist. They have a weird. I, I want to compare this to the scene in Ghost where they're molding the clay. Oh, I wrote Ghost. Okay. I Thank wrote you. Ghost. I'm yep. so glad I'm not the only one where I, wrote... I was like, this has a weird remnant. Because there's like, they're making yeah. it kind of sexy also, that uh, they're like taking a mold up from the concrete. And... If you've ever seen Lionel Richie's song, Hello. Yes. There's like a whole yes. face molding thing in that. It also reminded me of that. But I wrote, yeah, Ghost Vibes. Ghost I Vibes. Don't, I can't even read my own writing. I don't remember what I did, but there's this whole like exchange that happened, and I and I wrote down like earlier Grissom said she like needed no introduction, but then like he didn't know something about her or didn't had like a oh, question about he her. Yeah. Oh, oh, he asked, "Are you?" Or I said, "I said they." Oh, you said they told me you were the best impressions person or whatever, and then she goes like in the U.S. and Canada. But I was like, "You if if you needed no introduction, then like who told you?" But yeah, was, this is weird. This weird exchange with them. But uh, yeah, I wrote Ghost Vibes for the scene. Okay, it was it was a thousand percent. I, I All right, I'm glad idea. I'm not the only one that I was like, this is give give me Ghost Vibes. So, and I also noted that they were like just way too close at certain points, like just like physically way too close to one another. And so as she's, we cut to the scene where she's getting to the later phases of recreating this face and she determines that the skeleton is most likely of nordic descent probably blonde but she opts to do brown eyes which surprises grissoms because that is the dominant color in the area and is and also photographs better and then we cut to a news story showing the face yep so with the, the reconstructed face and then grissom and nick are in the kitchen Catherine, Catherine notes that hotlines can be hit or miss when it comes to, you know, because they're kind of relying on the hotline for people yep. to call in and say that they can identify the face. And then Catherine, her and Grissom, well, they like awkwardly make Nick leave instead of Grissom being a boss and just saying, hey, I need a second alone with Catherine. Can you please give us a moment? He does this or weird like, like can we speak can you, to my can office? You, can you check that thing that I, uh, and Nick's like, oh yeah, I get, I get the weird so just say I need a moment with Catherine. Like I'm her boss. Get out of here for a minute. Reminding me of like high school kids when you're trying to get your friend to leave you along. Yeah, with and you don't want to just be like, "Hey, can you give me a minute?" Yeah, because you haven't figured out that that's an okay thing to just say out loud. Yeah, it's totally okay. Say <laughs> just a heads up for our listeners. Totally an okay thing to say. Catherine tells Grissom that she saw Eddie. He seemed scared. Grissom wants to know if that made her happy. It didn't. And then Grissom is shocked to learn that maybe there's still feelings between Catherine and Eddie. Mm-hmm. He's still, he's wondering like, oh, are you still in love with Eddie? And again, seems shocked by it. But again, this is 
kind of playing into the Grissom isn't the most socially aware character on the show. And obviously yeah. he's not in a relationship, so he can't understand what that might feel like. But he does reiterate that she needs to pass on the case to somebody else. That's kind of how he leaves it, is that it has to pass off. And then we, this is, this. I'm actually excited for this moment. So Grissom arrives at the morgue with Doc Robbins, who is the coroner going forward. This is our, this, I, I thought that he did come in in the first season, and he does. This is Doc Robbins. And I don't even Doc, know if I remember what he looks like. <laughs> I guess I'll find He's a fairly sense. nondescript person. I just know him because he is then in every 15 yeah he's in every other episode so that's why but he's a fairly nondescript human being nothing against the actor and he denotes that in the earwax were grains of sand and nick nick comes in and again csi effect in full full effect here this is Faye Green. We already know exactly who this is. Done. Yep. Done. End of story. Skeleton already ID'd. Well, it is. It is Faye Green. They honestly, I feel like they glossed over the confirmation part. They did. Oh, 100%. They, they did. I think one of the reasons they had that, like the the hotlines are hit or miss, right? Is that when, like six people call in and one of them is the mother and I'll say this is like my daughter. That's a pretty good thing. But presumably, I think doesn't he say he's gonna go see the mother to ID her? He goes, so the next scene is him with the mother. Yeah, so, like, it's, like, I guess they don't really know until they ID. But, like, I'm not entirely sure how they ID the body because it's just a skeleton. So they would need, like, DNA right, they can't do finger. Pretty... They can't do fingerprints. Yeah, DNA is really slow. They can do dental records. Limited. Yeah, dental records, that would probably work, but that would probably take a week. Yeah. 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 So that's where like the super CSI effect is coming in. Yes. They just kind of gloss over how we identify it and just sort of accept that it's her. Yeah, that it's her. And so as Nick mentioned, the next scene is Grissom with Faye's mother. The mother lets us know that Faye was an athlete. She did a lot of scuba diving, but she does note that she didn't take a vacation before the death, which we are to assume is related to the sand found in her mm-hmm. earwax. And the boyfriend was interviewed when she disappeared, but the mother doesn't think that he did it she believes that he entirely loved that you know he loved Faye, and there's just no way that he's involved i want to point out that she like feels like she really knows his boyfriend yes. right like she can really trust him yes they literally say later on like they did it for like three they months. did it for a month no they say like oh was it a month, month. oh geez i thought it was three months <laughs> and okay. i was like i was like so blown away or maybe maybe i'm confusing because there's a whole other thing with an engagement to someone else but yeah i thought i thought they said it was like one month and i remember thinking like first off i know that like new relationship energy is a thing but like oh yeah for sure that's a heart that's a weird thing to then carry with you for five years but then also like how nice were you to this girl's mother that she was like that she's still like back nope. in you she's backing you up yep <laughs> to the cops like yep she's like oh, i don't think it was him he was he, he liked her too much she was too yep. good too good of a guy Yep. We shift from there over to the hospital where a detective is interviewing the exotic dancer. Catherine walks in. The detective tries to give Catherine an out. The detective mm-hmm. is like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this is probably not the best idea. Nope, nope. And the dancer tells her that the bruises are from last night. So as yeah. she's like starting to examine her, that the bruises that she, she notes are from the, the night before. And then... We go on over to Sarah at the parking lot with a metal detector trying to find the missing bullet, one assumes. And in this process, Sarah and Warwick meet a witness. So then we see the... It's like a valet guy. This valet. Yep. So we see the valet's reenactment wherein the officer shot the victim. So according to the valet and the valet's reenactment, officer has shot the victim and that leads sarah to say that you know we got a war right yep. the the pd versus csi is is on now that we have and but she says this i had to laugh she says this in front of the witness yes she's like looks at warwick right in front of the witness is like we got a war on our hands yeah. maybe wait maybe this is a conversation to oh. not have right in front of the witness yeah. i don't maybe know maybe it's good for the witness because he did say he didn't like cops and that's why he did yeah maybe but i do maybe that's what I it do, is i do have an all-star prediction at this point oh, okay where you definitely i definitely have some uh gfk assassination vibes Ooh, okay where, you okay. know like okay. when i'm able to find a bullet or you know not nearly knowing what's going on at this point they had a reenactment 
I feel like it looked like, and I thought at this point that the officer shot his gun as well as the person shooting themselves. Oh, okay. So you right? thought it was a words, double. You thought it was a yeah, double. Like, yep. like, the, like the guy killed himself, and that part was real. But the officer did shoot his gun because he freaked out because the guy had a gun. He pulled it out real fast, right? And he's trying not to get in trouble for sort of trying to shoot first or something. And and because there was a big puff of smoke they showed, like from the gunfire mm-hmm. when it happened, I thought, oh, what if they both shot? And so like you like maybe the bullets back like where the guy was watching, like the officer's bullet did because he shot perpendicular to the vehicle and based on the reenactment, it seemed like it would just keep traveling. So I was like, I was all in on on this two shooters theory, aka the JFK assassination theory, yeah. Yeah. which also is great because it takes place in a car. Um, yeah. Oh, that's and and uh, is a headshot. Yeah, but um, yeah, uh, that d- does not turn out to be accurate. No, no. We then move to Grissom and Warwick in the locker room, and Grissom is asking Warwick about the rape case, thinking that Warwick has taken it over for Catherine. He catches them in a lie where Warwick says, "Like, oh yeah, we're like waiting on the DMV," and. Grissom is like, why would you get the DMV involved for a rape charge? And that's when Catherine has to admit that she hasn't passed on the case. She's still working it, that she's, you know, doing it for Lindsay. Yeah. This whole scene is like the only reason why they had to have everyone leave the room in the first scene. Yes. So that Warwick wouldn't know. And all I can think is like, don't they have a giant board? Yes, they do. And don't you think you would have heard... That she's investigating her ex-husband. But I was like, well, whatever. And then we get another example of Grissom being out of touch where Catherine is describing Eddie's sexual preferences Uh, as involved and rigorous. And Grissom is looking at her like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And work from across the room has to be like, he likes it rough. She's she's trying to say that he likes it rough. Which I'm surprised Grissom even knows what that means based on how it's being. Because that's also also a euphemism. Yes, yes. But he's some... But that one gets through to him. And we go over to Sanders checking out the sand. Nick is trying to determine if he can pinpoint the beach. Sanders explains that it isn't sand. It's not natural. The surface is rough. The surface would be smooth if it was, you know, naturally occurring sand. But this is rough. And all he can really say about it is that she wasn't killed in Hawaii. He doesn't have any any other information at this time. Yeah, it's like, I guess we find out this more but the the notion is that it's like crushed stone it's still jagged it has been worn down through the erosion of waves which is you know why it would be round if we're from a beach so we go to a hallway scene with jim brask asking warwick if this is payback so we're hearkening back to episode one slash episode two warwick says no and sarah comes up lets them know the charges have been filed officer tyner arrives and he goes on a bit of a rant about CSIs with their fancy metal boxes and their gloves yeah. and and so there's almost a fight between Warwick and the officer this is when Grissom comes out I think this is the scene that you were referring to earlier Grissom comes out they break up this like almost going to be fight Nick gets instructed to be the bodyguard or be the bouncer and escort the guy out Grissom's like all right Nick this is on you take him make sure yeah, you take little, him out of here <laughs> two people are fighting right someone's gotta like bring them away from each yeah. other right yeah there is um so i thought this was a interesting scene at this point i was thinking like okay this is gonna be a real test for grissom from like a leadership standpoint right to come back to this whole him having to be the boss and a detective at the yes. same time yeah. or an investigator at the same time but this is where i'm really disappointed in myself okay i didn't blink twice when the guy was like, I bet you've never even had to draw your weapon. Oh, and later yes. on, like, I think it's like two minutes before it happens. I went, oh, my God, that was so good. It's because he's going to have to draw his weapon in this episode. he's going to have to draw his weapon. And spoiler I was like, alert. spoiler, spoiler, he draws his weapon in this episode. Yes, yes. But yeah, it was a good, it was kind of like a call out. But I mean, like, it wasn't like a very difficult jump at that point. To no, out. no, no, no. It was more like, more like me realizing that, like, hey, okay, they made that. That was a very important, specific line, right? Yes. You know, which is, so yeah, I just want to call that that line out here. But also that I should have thought of it. They they do a good job. They don't just throw lines like that in there for nothing. No. I think I should have, I should have, I should have lashed on that and be like, oh, I bet he has to draw his weapon, his gun, this weapon, this episode or something. Uh, 
Instead, I was too busy, like, trying to, like, see, like, do they have guns? Because, <laughs> like, Nick has guns. You yeah, see. you're like, are, are they like, oh, carrying? They, oh, they do have guns. Okay. And so Jim Brass again brings up where is this missing bullet. And then we transition to Catherine at the casino. Eddie comes, sits down with her. They have a bit of a conversation. Eddie says, you know, uh, he's not concerned because he's, you know, I got you in the truth. And then he admits that he married up, that, you know, Catherine was, was a good thing for him. The scene made me very uncomfortable because I think anybody who's known somebody who can't help but keep putting themselves in a room with somebody that they've broken up with and yes like it's so unhealthy it's like such an unhealthy situation separate yourself and he's, he's like you gotta you gotta put distance if you're not over it you're not over it yep and you have a distance and all i could think is like i've been that person i've had my friends be that person and i'm just like i was like oh god please this like do not get back together with this guy yeah you're like oh. don't and do it what a great casting by the way Yes. The way he, I mean, apologies to the actor, but the way that he looks, he just ha- has a little bit of an ick factor to him. He does. Yeah. And the he way does. that he acts too. Right. So that, in that case, it's a boon to the actor, right? Yes. Like he, he, he just, it's very well executed. We move to Sarah and Warwick investigating the Jeep. We have a little bit of a montage yeah. here of them searching the Jeep, trying to find the missing Disassembling bullet. Disassembling it. Disassembling it, searching. And then at the end, they note that they've searched every piece of metal. Yeah, I mean, I didn't need anyone to tell me what was about to happen. Yeah, so they find the bullet in the spare tire. Yeah. Womp, womp, womp. Not in the middle, in the spare tire. And but then actually, they... that's important because it's in the back of the car. Yes, and then they also find out that the bullet wasn't from the officer's gun. It was from the suspect's gun. That's yeah, what ballistics tells them. They showed you this, like, uh, rifling matching. That's what they call it. The rifling is the marks around the the, the bullet as it uh, travels yes. down the, the barrel through the rifling, which spins it. And so those are very... They can be very unique to the caliber and the and the weapon yep and so they matched it up but they had shown us that for like another episode and then like this guy like apparently didn't tell them what they were looking at you know it's like he's like a big gutcha moment for himself you know and yeah you find out it's the it's the driver's gun not the cop's gun basically absolving the cop but they never actually find the cop's missing bullet but they've now found the bullet that shot the driver yes the angle kind of like tells the story as well yes and we go to a strip club Catherine walks in with a detective Catherine talks to the owner whose name is ted they have a little bit of a back and forth they've obviously are comfortable with each other they know one another Catherine asks us if, if it's all right if she takes a look around which leads her to the dressing room where she finds april the victim's locker and i'm guessing this is your well, product off, placement off, of the episode did they just cut out the scene where she br- where she breaks into the locker because <laughs> like presumably the locker is locked right? uh maybe it, it might not be locked They're it might be one like, of those things where the idea is that it's locks. not yeah but yeah so then my product placement for the episode yeah i could so i mentioned this before we started recording i don't i couldn't tell if they First off, I'm unfamiliar with the product itself. It's called VCF, but I Googled it, and that's the real brand name of a product. Oh, okay. It, you can buy it at Walgreens or CVS. It's not exactly... So it's a, it's it's what I'm referring to as the Listerine of, of spermicide products. So yep. it would be an insertable film that would break down and become spermicide. But they really show the cover for a long time, and all I can think yeah, is... Did. All they could think is people aren't going to be familiar with this, and yes, so we, we have need to spend to keep it. it. It's hard to imagine the VCF people have the kind of money that the Sony Minidisc people had <laughs> to get a real product placement, you know. But maybe, just maybe. just Who just knows? maybe. So I I'm, I wrote it down as a potential product placement, but with a big old question mark. You That's know, right. I, don't, I think deep down inside, I don't think it was a paid product placement. Okay. I think it was just showing it off. However, that did lead me to a prediction which i think at this point was pretty easy to make but i do have i do i did have a caveat okay so obviously at this point i immediately said well they're gonna find that she used this contraceptive and therefore potentially exonerate eddie but then i immediately wrote down but like that doesn't that does not mean that he couldn't have crossed the line maybe she wasn't expecting him to be rough 
in the but bruises it, and stuff. It also could have means asked that she might have no. expected to have sex with somebody else. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like yeah. they they use it as a spoiler alert. They use it as a get out of free get out of jail free card for Eddie. She might have been planning to have yeah. sex with somebody else. Although the girl does just give it up real real. Oh quick. yeah, no, she does. But <laughs> so I mean, maybe maybe they, maybe they weren't done proving anything, and then she just gives it up, and that's fine. But yeah, I was like, I was like, there's no, I was like, there's no guarantee that you know. Even if Eddie was the person, there's no guarantee that just because she had contraceptive that there wasn't a point where she changed her mind. Right. You know? Right. And uh, yeah, everyone, has, allo- the, everyone allowed, has the right. You're allowed to say yes and then say no. And yeah. your partner should respect that you went to a no. You're not just allowed. It's your God-given right. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. hundred so, yeah, percent. Yeah. We're big. Yeah, we're yeah. big on consent here. Plus, at plus, plus, who are you? Allowed. Plus, plus. plus. Yeah. <laughs> we were very very big on consent here at who are you a csi podcast like freely given exuberant consent is what we're looking for and you can revoke Explicit. that consent at any time which uh remember the consent apps were a thing no. I, I don't know if they still are so they there was an early app where you could like can you could have and you could consent that way people would have a record that they consented and that was the biggest thing is like you don't know you could be in the middle and really have a miscommunication. Things could be going poorly. Somebody could have a trigger. Somebody could just feel sick all of a sudden. Right. right? Somebody could get injured and right. want to stop. Just because you said yes at one point does not mean it's always a yes. No. And so... Uh, that yes yeah, can so. be rescinded at any point. But when big VCF is paying for product placement, yes. you've got to... You've got to <laughs> big, it's probably owned by Procter & Gamble. <laughs> probably. We move to Grissom and Nick arriving at a house, and this is where we meet Mr. Oh, Hedler. Yeah. And I have it in my notes in chronological okay. order. I should have known this. Okay. Da- David Wallace, as he might be known to some of our listeners, from The Office. Oh, is, I've never, I've, I've only seen Michael's a few. He's boss in The Office. Oh, okay. I've but only I've, few, seen a few episodes of The Office because I can't do secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. So I can't handle watching The Office. But it, I, it took me a moment. Because at first I thought that it was, at first I was like, wait, I know this guy. And I was like, oh, is this the guy from Modern Family? I had to look at that actor's okay, name. Okay, I, exactly I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. And yep. I was like, and I was like, maybe when he was younger. And I was like, no, it's not that. And then he was in, the, I think the first shot, he's kind of like in shadow side profile. And like, and I didn't quite have it. And then they were like walking around the house later on. And I was like, no, 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 it's not that guy. But I know this guy. And then I was just thinking about it, and I was like, oh, that's the boss from the office. Yeah. So that's our spot, the guest star for this week. I love it. Because I did not, I did not, I I have not really watched The Office, so I never would guess that. I was also not fully convinced when I thought that. So as I mentioned, I then went on IMDb to confirm. And at which point I finally got Joe Tyner's last name spelled correctly (laughs) in my notebook (laughs) after like seven attempts. So we learned that Faye only lived at his place for about a month over five years ago oh that's the month maybe they were together for yes yeah they only lived together for a month and but they're still kind of looking around the house grissom ends up finding a fish tank and also a squeaky floor which is due to warped floorboards and they pop open the floorboard to find sand underneath Rudy invites himself to disassemble this person's floor. Yeah. Well, he Again, asks them, and he, he gives—he does give the okay. Well, well, no. At first, he's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Pops out, pops in." True. Or he gave him the permission to walk around, which you know we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago. Don't don't talk to police. Don't let them search your house without no. a warrant. This no. episode is a great example of why yep. they arrested this dude later on, and he didn't do it. And he didn't do it. Yeah. They do. They do say they'll come back with a warrant. He he puts the stop to it once. Once they kind of find the sand underneath the floor, it gets a little and weird. And he gets like... a little bit weird, and that's when Grissom says, "You know, we'll be back with a warrant." So we go to Catherine talking to Sanders about the evidence, and that's when Nick's prediction is correct. They found out that she, the victim, April, used the contraceptive film she inserted it before work so and you know 
whole before scene the before the rape. So obviously she must have like known that she was gonna have consensual sex with Eddie just because she happened to put a contraceptive film in yeah. ahead of time. And this is also where we get a weird scene with from Sanders saying to Catherine like maybe I saw you perform. And Catherine's like you would you would have remembered me. Yeah, that would uh that definitely warrant an HR call these days. Yes, this is this is. 23 years ago this is this is not acceptable workplace banter nowadays we go to a chris and nick walk and talk we learn that mr hendler was a subcontractor at the house where the body was was found and then during the scene we realize that terry was trying to leave without saying goodbye which seemed to upset grissom mm-hmm. quite a bit she's a great line she's like i put your your i put my number on your your big fish board yes and he's like yeah the ones that got away and she's like well maybe not this one maybe not this i one. i don't know are if we, we see this character we, again i'm like are we I hinting at so. a future romance here i said i i don't know if we see this character again but i certainly hope so we go to warwick showing jim brass and sarah the evidence and they have to admit that the officer was telling the truth. He was not the one that shot the shot the victim. So war averted for for now. Then we go to Catherine confronting April in the locker slash dressing room. And Still. April April immediately gives up that she made up the story. She wanted to be she was just mad at Eddie because he kept promising her that he would get her in music videos and that wasn't happening and then Catherine finds it hilarious that April thinks that Eddie has money I was gonna say in the last and really it seems to sorry I know I'm talking over here I apologize but I find this distasteful in the sense of you find it hilarious that Eddie duped another woman instead of feeling bad for a woman who probably went through a similar experience that you went through with your ex you find it hilarious yeah i i actually thought they were gonna allude like does she pay like child support money to eddie because she the the dancer was saying that he would throw money around the club and i think about people who like get money from other people or from the government or since they who don't do a good job managing their money they'll get a lump sum so they'll they'll splurge on something yeah. like a strip club and i and they didn't bring that up but i for a second I, th- I thought that's where they were going with it but now she was more just bemusing herself with the naivety of this yes person who you know she's not exactly the best person in the world accusing somebody of a very serious crime is not right. a cool thing to do no so it's hard to like feel sorry for her but Catherine's a very adult human being right you know she's and we I, get we I get the feeling that this her. woman April is very immature and not very again young, like you're saying yeah. that doesn't excuse her behavior but it makes it more understandable than it would be for like someone yeah. quite a few years older with more lived experience to realize like that's a stupid thing to do. Yeah. We go to uh, Grissom back at Mr. Hendler's place. The house has been cleaned. There's now no sand underneath the floorboard. That's a weird, very weird thing to do. Oh, to clean up. It's they made it sound like he cleaned up. Like he wasn't. You know, but yeah, it's like, it's like, why would, why would you think that having sand in your floorboard is a bad thing? Right. Like you wouldn't know any bad, like to you, you'd be like, what's the big deal about having, yeah. you don't know that yeah. sand was found on the earwax of the victim. I thought he was going to like glue the floorboard back down. I'm trying to pry it up. I, you had a loose floorboard. I glued it down while you were gone. And so with no sand left, they try luminol to see if they can find any blood that doesn't show anything. And so they move on to ALS, which shows bloody handprints. And this is what causes Grissom to order the arrest of Mr. Hendler after we see a reenactment of the argument that Grissom says that they had. And Grissom asks, what did you use to kill her? He's maintaining that he didn't kill her, that he still loves her, which obviously upsets his current wife. And we also find out during this whole exchange that Amy worked for the same contractor. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't remember if I wrote this down before she said that or it was immediately after. Mm. But I wrote, oh, the new wife killed the old girlfriend. Because, like, they they did a really good job with his character. Like, in an earlier scene, like, he seemed like when they first come over, oh, did you find her? And then Grissom does this whole thing with, like, yes, but she's been dead a long time you know what i mean yeah or something and he seems like he is a good actor but she also has had this 
worried look on her face although it does remind me of the wife from the first scene who i thought also killed somebody in yes. her husband was taking the fall for it because yes. she had a worried look on her face the whole time so maybe i should be careful about that but i actually wrote down the timestamp. i've been doing this thing writing down the timestamps. so it's like 40 minutes about the 40 minute mark i wrote all right oh the new wife killed killed the girlfriend like it just it just yep. makes sense this guy doesn't know it he just yep. he has no idea because they then go and tell you that he was out of town yeah so we that comes that comes a little bit later so yeah. grissom leaves he he wants to walk out with the suspect so he leaves and he leaves nick to continue processing the scene and while nick is processing the scene he ends up finding hiking photos where nick's very early prediction is true and it's yep. a what is it called a, a climbing pick a climbing, climbing. pick i, so I was we, thinking it was specifically ice climbing but so they, they they see a picture with the the new wife and the husband you know climbing with climbing picks and nick starts asking like oh do do you climb or you know Mm -hmm. and then we shoot to the wife back coming back in the room with a gun yeah at which point i make a prediction that only takes about 30 seconds to come true okay which is that oh grissom's gonna draw his weapon yes (laughs) yes we're gonna get our callback is gonna i was was like oh grissom's gonna have to come back in to save nick he's gonna have to draw his weapon why didn't i see that coming but, yep. Yeah, and so we we do cut over to Grissom and who he thinks is the correct correct suspect outside as they're kind of putting him into the car and as they're putting him into the car to drive him to the police station, he mentions that Amy paints the floorboards every spring. Like what yeah. what's so weird about it? She paints them every spring, and then that like clicks something in Grissom's brain, and he goes back into the house where before we see him, Nick is trying to talk down the wife. And she's losing, you know, slowly losing it and talking about how a dead body is so heavy and she can see all the blood. Nobody else can see it, but there's so much blood. And then Grissom walks in with the gun. Again, call back to earlier in the episode with the officer accusing Grissom of never having to draw his his gun and Grissom saying he hopes he never has to. But he does to save Nick and he's able to talk Amy down to put to put the guns down and and to give herself up and and walks her out. And I have to say that the actor that plays Nick does a very good job of legitimately coming off terrified in this scene. I I feel like he did a very, very good job of of looking shaken and terrified. And not over the top, but enough to be like, yeah, like he's scared. Like he is legitimately thinking that he might not make it out of this alive. It's a very weird thing. You can very quickly become very afraid in a moment like that. When I yes. worked at BJ's Wholesale Club, I was one of those guys at the front door who punches a hole in your receipt. Yep. People would, you know, regularly try to steal things, and your job yep. is to stop them. And one day, a very well-dressed gentleman is literally just, like, trying to walk, through, like, with a cart with a computer in it. To like a desktop computer that they used to sell yep. it would cost like five hundred dollars or something and like walk out and i was like i like walked over and stopped him and the guy like says to me if you don't let go of my cart i'm gonna take my gun out and shoot you i never even saw a gun but like it does not take long you're just like okay have a nice day yeah you're but like i was gonna, like my adrenaline my life to my my adrenaline shut up i was shaky i had to like i was on the radio i was like calling my manager being like you know hey i need you to come to the front door right away and then, you know, sort of telling her what happens. She actually goes to the parking lot and tries to find the guy's license plate, which, you know, I wasn't ready for. But, like, you know, it's uh, the zero to 60 of it all is very real. Yes. And, you know, this is a guy who's got training. He's got he's kind of like a hard, you know, like he doesn't yeah. come off as a, you know, like he's got a bit of a you think a guy, you know, he probably been in enough fights in his life or or something. But he's an investigator. You know, he's not on the streets with people with guns all the time presumably it was the first time somebody's ever pointed a gun at him where he thought this could be it right and and yeah i thought the actor did a really great job kind of built it got more and more intense the way he was speaking it was really good yeah it was like one of the most i think intense scenes i've had in the series so far yeah i agree i agree and we then go to a slightly less intense scene with Catherine at the playground watching her daughter Lindsay play eddie arrives he's trying to convince her to to like let him take them out for breakfast they they almost kiss even though Catherine is 
is saying basically I know this isn't a good thing we shouldn't do this and and that's the the end of the episode is uh, kind of the the breakup of an of a almost kiss between Eddie and Catherine yeah again so such a don't do it don't do it we're like don't go back never go back I'm gonna end this podcast if those two... <laughs> old claims by I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that they'll write anything into a tv show i actually uh, um stopped watching ted lasso because of they, they took a character somewhere where i was like they didn't earn that that character wouldn't have done that and i was just like i'm not watching the new season of the show screw it oh wow checked out all right all right. Nick so I haven't curious. seen I haven't seen the third season of Ted Lasso. I've never I haven't seen any seasons of Ted Lasso, so watch, I can't just I watch can't the first one and stop. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's one of those shows. First episode, first season is amazing. Second season, a lot of it's very good. I just don't like the way it ended. That's fair. That's fair. Well, how did you feel about this episode overall, Nick? This is probably the best episode so far. I think. Okay. I for a lot of different reasons. I think the pacing is good. The storylines were good. It was well balanced. You get a lot of interpersonal information about the characters. A lot of like good acting in the show. A good variety of sort of forensic stuff, right? So yeah, I really like this episode. I think that one of the things that I will say as a person who's been trying to, as sort of, sort of seeing it the first time, trying to predict stuff, is that they've gotten a lot better about holding on to information. Mm-hmm. and letting it play out so that you can have these ideas and these notions but you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle yet so you couldn't solve the crime or, or there's like that extra bit that you don't quite know how you know how they even if you kind of feel like you know what's happened you don't have all the pieces so like bringing it all together at one time you know yeah it was good i i really enjoyed it i thought it was a good episode all right yeah i mean i i enjoyed this episode as well I don't. I think maybe last episode was still my favorite from what we've watched, but I I think that this is a solid episode. I have no complaints. I again think similar to you, we got some good character development. We had some well acted scenes. I liked mixing up some of the partnerships. Sorry, it's like like seeing Sarah and Warwick together because we haven't really seen them together since she investigated him. So this was a nice. Oh, okay, they're able to like work together and have each other's backs and. Yeah, there you was, know, have a, have a good working, at least a working relationship. They seem to have a good working relationship, so that was nice to be able to witness that. I think in this episode, no animosity or anything, right? No, no. Yeah, and good. which I think says a lot about Warwick's maturity, right? That he's not holding on to that. So Warwick, Warwick is still my favorite character for whatever reason. Hey, I don't know I, why. It's just cool. He's know? a he's a solid. He's cool character. as a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they still make Nick play like the the audience role a few too many times where he asks like the obvious question so they do yeah they do it. yeah yeah war, war kind of comes out as a slightly more like he still is kind of like deferential to like his seniors but like you know if you were to like rank them you know you'd be like grissom catherine yeah you know Warwick, and then nick and i don't really know where to put sarah because she's sarah's basically the same place work is at but she's not she didn't like train up there right and i mean she's a transplant so She's she's still got that bit of a new kid to her. Yeah, I can I can see that. Next week we will be back with season one, episode seven, titled "Blood Drops." And in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You Colon a CSI Podcast. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at Who Are You CSI Pod. And if you want to send us a message. You can email us at whoareyoucsipod at gmail.com. But otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. No spoilers. Bye.